And so welcome back to part three of Where the Road Takes Me. Well, a lifetime as a vet and his father before him. This evening on C103, we bring you the story of veterinary surgeon John Doc O'Driscoll. Coming up shortly, the strange and eerie case of the moving piano. But first, as I sit with John in what has been the family home for 90 years now, the traffic is constant outside on Kilbrogan Hill. John reflects back on what was a much quieter street in the 50s and 60s. See, also during the war years, uh, petrol was very scarce. And being a vet father had a certain allowance, so cars were very, very scarce. Also, how times have changed as well. On the first Wednesday, I think, of every month, you had the cattle fair here. Uh, so across the road from where we sit, you'd have all the creels of sheep and pigs on another day. And the square would be full of cattle. And you'd have dealers there. And then and on another couple of occasions during the year, you'd have horse fairs there. Of course, with the advent of the mart, all that moved from the hill. That was a big change as well. The social life in Bandon Detham was fairly quiet, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the town hall was a great place. Of course, the, you had the John Larkin band, and if a big band was coming, like Mick Delahunty or something like that, board would get around and they'd be queue to get in. Queue to get in. But uh, the pictures, I suppose, was one of the great things. The, today, you have a kind of a pub culture. In those days, it was go to the pictures. So it was the, the pictures or the town hall the just on the hill. The town hall. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was it. Uh, again, as I say, growing up with a crowd of youngsters, we formed our own organization of friends and as we got a bit older we used to run our own dances in the Devonshire Arms uh, our own friends just a kind of a private party of maybe 20 or 30 and we'd have music played by the late Dodal Downey there was a fellow under a long ago a very famous man called Charlie Coons he was a great pianist Dodal could leave him for dead and we'd paid poor Dodal 10 shillings for the night <laughs> and he would play beautiful music What was the, the Devonshire Arms like then? Oh, the Devonshire Arms, it had, during the um, emergency, had been taken over by the, the Irish Army. So you had the Irish Army next door to us. Uh, the late Queenie Healy then uh, took it back over again. It was quite, it never really took off in a big way. But a very interesting one happened there one time. Uh, there was a famous lady out in Timberley called Lady Yarrow. And she kept hounds, and she hunted with the Carberry hounds in Bandon. She felt she should do something to show her appreciation. So she booked Prince Igor to give a piano recital in the Devonshire Arms. Great excitement, the grand piano arrived in the Devonshire Arms. I was there, I saw it. The excitement came to disaster. It couldn't be taken up the stairs to the ballroom. Lady Ara said, leave it there and we'll see you about tomorrow. When the staff came down in the morning, there was no piano. And Lady Ara arrived and they said, Lady Ara, the 
piano has disappeared. Oh, she said, not to worry. It's in the ballroom. They said, we didn't move it. Oh, Lady Ara said, I contacted my husband and his spirit friends last night, and they moved it for me. Now, I don't know, but I was present the day that piano was leaving the ballroom, and it had to be dismantled and put in a chute and slipped into a lorry to be taken away. Lady Ara left him a league sometime afterwards and became a convert to... She became a Catholic and lived in Journey's End and Hoth and was a very famous lady afterwards as well. What did she say? Got help from my husband and his spirit friends. Yes, her husband was long gone. Yeah, so she got help from beyond from the grave. From the other world. <laughs> yeah, from the other world. Yeah. And who was the guy then that she had booked to play? Oh, Prince Igor. He was a Russian pianist. Yeah. And oh, he came and gave the performance. Yeah. So everything went off all night. <laughs> <laughs> well, the ballroom was upstairs in the, the dead upstairs. Yeah. The Lady Yarrow that John referred to was more than likely the second wife of Sir Alfred Yarrow, a man who came from humble beginnings and became a famous marine engineer and shipbuilder. Lady Yarrow was a heroic figure seemingly in the campaign for women's suffrage. She was also a brilliant pianist herself. After her husband's death in 1922, she came to live in Ireland and died in Monkstown in Dublin. Meanwhile, back in Kilbrogan Hill, the vet stories are coming fast and furious. I was in this particular farmer's place. He was a bachelor farmer. Uh, he was milking about 26 cows, feeding a lot of pigs. And I suppose he was the only one I was ever in 30 times in 30 days with different sicknesses. And when it was all over, the only luck of God was that nothing died. And we were having a chat, and I said to him, I think you need a holiday from the strain you've gone through. He said, if I had a sweeping brush, I'd sweep it down the lane before me, telling me such a thing. Who the heck is going to milk the cows and feed the pigs? Well, I said, if you have a holiday in the bonds or in the Victoria Hospital, you'll still be asking the same question. I suggest you still take a holiday. I will in my tail. About three weeks later, I got a card from him from Scotland took your advice, having a great time. He certainly had a great time because he met his future wife there, who he married, and brought her back to West Cork, where they lived happily ever afterwards. <laughs> so you improved his health, and you helped him in the romantic stakes as well. Gandalf, Gandalf. Back in 1939, John discovered the power of prayer. His father, Nilus was lying in what the family were told was his deathbed. It was felt that he wouldn't last the night. But something happened between night and morning, because, as it turned out, it was much too early, 30 years in fact, for the departure to one high of the horse doctor from Kilbrogan Hill. Well, in 1939, John, I, I was found out the power of prayer. Dr. Wellplay and the consultant came in to my mother and myself. I was only a young lad, about eight at the time, to say that father wouldn't see the morning. They'd done what they could do, of course. In those days, again, there was none of the modern drugs. And when they went out, they left the front door open. My mother was crying, and a priest called Father Cullinan came in and said to mother, What are you crying for, woman? And she said, telling him the story, He said, Let me upstairs. So he went upstairs, and then after a while he came down, and he said to my mother, Dry your eyes, woman, there's a greater doctor than those fellas gone out the door. I don't think mother was too impressed. I was put to bed, obviously, that night. My mother was sitting up waiting for the final call. There was a nurse good on duty. Mother fell asleep. She was shook by the nurse. Come, come, come quickly, Mrs. O. Oh, she said, is the end there? No, she said, the doc is looking for his breakfast. I have to ring Welpley. So Dr. Welpley came and he said to my mother, I don't know what has happened. 
From the time I left here yesterday, your husband, Neilis, will be all right. He's weak, but he's all right. Mother asked Nurse Good, what did the priest do when he went up to the room to see Father? He said prayers over him, and he blessed him. And from that moment on, he seemed to get better. And that was a, a Father Colnan. A Father Colnan. The poor man uh, had been in the war. He actually had a silver or a plate in his head, but he, he did what he did anyway for us. He must have had a direct line upstairs. <laughs> and when when did your father die then? Oh, 30 years later. 30 years later, 30 yeah. 30 years later. Yeah. Uh, calving a cow one night, I was in trouble. Every time I got the calf to come almost out, the cow threw herself down. I was getting tired and the cow was getting tired. And from the bottom of my heart, I said, Oh, dear God, help me. And with that, the calf popped out, a live calf. And the farmer looked at me and he said, My God, Johnny, you must have a direct line up there. I said to him, he's no bad friend to have in a time of trouble, or any time anyway. The other time I tell a story, I went in to do a test for this farmer. I knew he was going to have a big sale of 60 cows and heifers in about a month's time. And he said to me, oh, there's two doubtfuls, you might as well test them as well. I said, okay. Unfortunately, when the day came to read him, I saw two reactors and I said to a farmer, I would rather be in Russia than doing what I'm going to do now, but I have to punch him and lock you up. And so your sale is cancelled. The poor man went white, but they said nothing. And when the job was done, I turned around to him and I said, I pray to God out of this mess some good will come. And I really meant it. I didn't realise how it was going to work. He had to hire a rented farm because he had too many cattle. So he ended up by milking the 60 cows and heifers that year. Believe it or not, that year, his level of quota was taken, and he had hundreds and hundreds of gallons of milk, more than he normally would have. So he used to say to me when I'd meet him sometime, God, Johnny, that prayer surely worked. Just simply calling your father the Doc, I suppose. Yeah, and then I became John Doc. John Doc, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and which one of the two of them passed away first? Oh, father. Yeah. M- mother lived for about uh, 15 years afterwards. Oh, did she, yeah. 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 And uh, she was very lucky because uh, she, uh, I married Carmel and she came to live with us. 
and she became the daughter she never had. She took her driving, she looked after her so well, and looked after father as well. She was a wonderful girl. And I have to thank one man for all that, and that's my very good friend, John Crowley, now Dr. John Crowley. When we were students in Dublin, uh, John and Tom Barnes, who was also an agricultural officer in Bandon, now doing veterinary, on a Sunday morning coming from Mass, we'd meet this nice lady with two young ones, and we'd say good morning and she'd answer us. But I fell in love. But a year went by, I couldn't make any contact. Back to college the next year, now, while there were three of us staying in the main house, there were six or seven other lads in the two doors up who used to come in and dine with us because the family, the owners of the digs, owned the two houses. The lads knew my situation, announced to me, they sent an invitation to this young lady to come to a vet's dance. Wrong name, but delivered to the right house. The night of the dance, John Crowley and Ty Quill and myself arrived in by bus, or by, yes, by bus, and some of the other lads from the digs were there before us, and they said, she's here, and we have her surrounded for you. <laughs> so when the music started, they said, no, now's your chance, go and ask her to dance. And she has a friend, and Ty said, I look after the friend. Years later, I found out what she said to the friend, she was tall girl, I hope that small fellow isn't going to ask me to dance. <laughs> She obviously fell in love with the small fella. <laughs> well, we uh, danced and we brought him in for tea in the mansion house. You had a cup of tea for two shillings or something. And we were telling funny stories and they were breaking their heart laughing. We thought we were a great pair of jokers altogether, but they were breaking their heart laughing. Didn't understand the word we were saying, speaking a fine West Cork accent. Mm-hmm. Then we knew they lived near us, so we asked them, could we see them home? Oh, 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 hadn't they come in by bus? They had cycled in. So we were there talking and my good friend John Crowley joined us and he said what's the problem oh I said John they have bicycles have they said John do you know girls he said give me the tickets for the bicycles and when you get your coats I'll get the bikes out so we were waiting for the girls to get their coats and in due course we came out and there was my good friend John Crowley with a taxi and the two bicycles up in the taxi. So the five of us came home in comfort. In, in comfort. Yeah. And that was the start of a romance that lasted for 57 years. The story of veterinary surgeon John Doc O'Driscoll continues in the programme next week. I appreciate you joining us on the programme as well. Until next week at seven, this is John Green bidding you a very pleasant week. Goodbye for now. This programme was recorded back in 2014. John Doc O'Driscoll died on September 10th, 2016. Programme 2 can be heard on Where the Road Takes Me on C103 Sunday evening next at 7.